Oppo. Featuring SuperVook, lightning quick smartphone charging tech. This is Phoenix Nation on SENZ. And good afternoon. Welcome into Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Oppo. Ricardo Ball with you through till four o'clock. Coming up on the show today, Oscar Zavada, our uh, award winning. You've got to say award-winning. Award-winning Phoenix striker. He he's he cleaned up at the club awards. He won the player of the year, the fans player of the year, the players player of the year. Won the golden boot with his 15 goals in the regular season. So Oscar Zavada, we got him coming up ahead of uh, that big match, the playoff game, against Adelaide United over in South Australia. That game tomorrow night. Uh, Phoenix win that. They get home and away against Melbourne City in the semi-final. So we could get a home game yet in the postseason, the Wellington Phoenix. Uh, we're also going to be joined by Michaela Foster, who won the Women's Player of the Year for the Wellington Phoenix at the awards. We'll talk to her after half past, and we'll catch up too. Uh, with a guy whose name you might hear a bit more often. He's been named in the New Zealand under-20 squad to go to the World Cup in Argentina later this month. He's also the Academy Player of the Year as well. Noah Karathamunti is going to join us a little bit later on in the show. Joining us now, though, uh, the host of the Global Game and a voice you'll be familiar with if you've watched A-League. He is the number one A-League commentator in Australasia and part of the SEN crew as well, Simon Hill. G'day, Simon. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Good. Are you you excited about postseason? Yeah, I mean, obviously the finals are uh, you know the big thing in this part of the world, and uh, we've got two cracking games to look forward to this weekend. Um, and it's what you play all season for, isn't it? So it should be a great three or four weeks, hopefully. Yeah, hoping hoping so, mate. And from a Phoenix point of view, uh, we are, uh, are very much hoping we can get past Adelaide and get that home and away semi-final against uh, uh, the regular season champions, Melbourne City. Uh, neither team, Adelaide nor the Phoenix, in great form, it's got to be said, going into the end of the season, both with one win from the last five. I guess the difference mm. is that Adelaide's was five games ago, the Phoenix's was last game. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, um, albeit against uh, the team that won the wooden spoon. But, uh, you know, I, I think that was important, obviously, for Wellington, not just to get the point they needed to, to actually get into the finals, uh, but to get a win on the board and, and get a bit of confidence back because the previous four or five weeks had been uh, pretty dire, let's be honest. Uh, they conceded an awful lot of goals, uh, four defeats, one draw, out of five matches, and it, it was very much, uh, at least from my eyes, uh, back to basics, mm. uh, sort of 90 minutes against MacArthur. Uh, they kept a clean sheet, which was hugely important because the week before they'd been, uh, you know, very porous defensively. You could drive a boss through some of the holes in, in that back line. So um, it, it was important, I think, ahead of the finals that they. Uh, they got that win and they got the clean sheets. And, of course, they're going to have to raise their game another level against Adelaide, who you rightly say have had a bit of a dip uh, in the last few weeks themselves. Massive uh, home defeat against the Mariners. But you, you just fancy that, you know, back on their home deck again in the finals, they've got players that can hurt you, that they'll be back to something approaching their best. So I think the Phoenix will will have to be 
at their very best to, to get something. Yeah, they will be. Uh, I mean, where are you on this? Because it feels like there are two outstanding players when we look at these teams. Oscar Zavada, 15 goals for the Phoenix this season, and Craig Goodwin, who I still think is too good for the A-League in a, in a lot of ways, without being uh, disrespectful to the league. He should be playing overseas. Uh, I mean, is it a matter of who has the best day out of those two? Well, in part. I mean, obviously there are other players that, that can and probably will influence the game. I and mean, I just mentioned Phoenix's uh, defence. You know, that, that, first of all, you've got to uh, you know, lay down a platform. And in fairness, Adelaide haven't always been that good at doing that this season either. They've got a pretty leaky defence as well. Um, you've got to get the ball to players like Craig Goodwin uh, so that he can create, he can score, of course, as well. Oscar Zavada you know, can be isolated if he doesn't get the right service. Now, earlier on in the season, when some of the other imports, particularly Bozidar Kryev, was at his absolute peak, uh, you know, that wasn't a problem for Zavada. Uh, we always know David Ball's going to work hard. That's not an issue. Jan Sass has been a little bit hot and cold. So the players around Zavada probably need to be a little bit better because... You know, he needs that sort of service uh, to score the goals, which obviously, you know, we've seen all season he can do. But if you don't get the ball to him, he can't score. Um, so it's it's a tricky balancing act for Ufuk Tale. But, uh, you know, he's an experienced coach. Obviously, this you know could be his last game in charge of the Phoenix. Uh, so he'll, he'll want to win. Um, he'll want to leave his mark on this club, which he has done already. Uh, and it's about tying all those factors that I've, I've spoken about in together and producing a coherent 90-minute performance uh, and being focused because, as I say, Adelaide, I think, will come out all guns blazing on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, you, it sounds like you think Adelaide will win this game. What I think they're favourites. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think the Phoenix have to do to, to get over the top? Well, as, as I've mentioned, you know, be, be solid defensively, uh, do their jobs. Uh, now, I call them, I didn't call the game against MacArthur, but the week before I did the game against Western Sydney Wanderers. Mm. And, and look, the Wanderers were very, very good. I'm taking nothing away from them. Uh, but at least two of the goals, uh, I think, Ufuk Tallow would have been irritated about because the, the, the defending was, was not good enough, quite frankly. Uh, there wasn't enough desperation shown. The organisation, uh, you know, wasn't there. And crucially, as I... It's talked about the service and the supply lines to, to Oscar Zavada uh, was missing. Uh, and in part, that's been down to that drop-off in form for Bozidar Krayev. Uh, hopefully, he can, you know, return to his best for the finals. Um, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a collective effort. It's a team game. Um, I, I do wonder whether in part there's been some uh, drop-off in terms of focus because of the, uh, you know, the departures that were announced mid-season, the three players... Uh, Oli Sale, Stephen Yagarkovich, Clayton Lewis, and of course the coach. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. But uh, you know, there's no no time like the present to put it right. And uh, if they don't, well, they won't be going any further. Yeah, I remember the game against West Sydney Wanderers. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amor Layuni, the Tunisian international, just ran riot between the uh, between Sam Sutton and, and Tim Payne there. So they they needed yeah. they needed to make a change there, and uh, it was a little uh, too little too late. Um, on that, I mean, Tim Payne has been preferred at centre-back, even over a Nico Boxel, uh, who, you know, it really is an out-and-out centre-back and has played in Denmark and Finland and the US as well. He is, you know, he used to be a central midfielder and he's only about 5'10". What do, what do you make of him as a centre-back versus as a right-back? 
Tim Payne we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, at you know, Tim's one of those players that can play in several positions. I mean, he's, he's played at midfield as well, obviously, at uh, the outset of his career. Um, I, I think, look, his partnership when it, with Scott Wharton, when it's at its at its best, is it, pretty solid. Uh, you know, earlier on in the season, uh, they, they kept a, a clutch of clean sheets. But, um, yeah, it's it's gone awry of late. I, I, I think it would be unfair to point the finger at one player specifically it's it's how they perform as a unit and you know just picking up on that wondrous game where you you, you quite rightly pointed out that Amor Layuni certainly in the first half virtually had the run of that flank up against Sam Sutton now you know that's that's not always necessarily Tim Payne's fault you know the midfielders have to provide that cover as well uh the likes of Bozidar Krayev need need to uh, track back as well um and give the fullback a bit of help uh, would Ufuk Talay be better going with Lucas Moragas? Because remember, you know, on Friday night, Craig Goodwin, even though he's ostensibly a left winger, he can quite easily flip over to the right um, if, if they spot a weakness. And Ben Halloran's a pretty good player who starts there normally for them as well. So those are the selection poses, I, I guess, for uh, Ufuk Talay. Um, he probably wouldn't lose too much if he, if he included Nico Boxall from the off, but I... I tend to think that given Nico is still relatively new to the club and hasn't played too many minutes, but he'll probably stick with Payne and Wooden. Uh, Callum Elliott on the right and, yeah, one of Sam Sutton, probably Sutton, or, or Lucas Moragas on the left. Yeah, Moragas has certainly uh, done himself uh, a good deal of uh, a good deal of good this season in terms of being on loan from Newcastle. Uh, certainly uh, put up uh, a good run of form during the season. Uh, what about the other semi-final? It's an all Sydney affair: Sydney FC versus West Sydney Wanderers. I look at that on the surface of it, Simon, and I think probably going to be more cards in the World Series of Poker here because these two teams do not <laughs> like each other. No, they don't, um, and the two coaches don't like each other very much either. Steve Corrector and Marco Rodan. Um, so it could be a feisty affair. Obviously, the last time they met, if you remember, Western Sydney Wanderers went to Allianz Stadium, Sydney's home, and absolutely belted them by four goals to nil. And it was probably the low watermark of Sydney's season. They looked in imminent danger of missing the finals after that uh, that beating. But to be fair to them, they've regrouped. They haven't lost a game since that derby uh, hammering, and they've kept consecutive clean sheets. So. You know, this one might be a little bit tighter than perhaps it appears at first glance. I do think the Wanderers are the favourites, particularly as they're you know, going to be playing at Combank Stadium in Parramatta, where they've been so strong this season. I think they have more attacking weapons than Sydney FC. Um, but, but I wouldn't rule out the Sky Blues. You know, the, the Wanderers are playing in their first final series in six years. So as a collective, you know, this, this is going to be a new experience or, or, or relatively new experience for them, or one they haven't had for some time. And Sydney are old hands at finals football. So don't, don't be surprised if, uh, if Sydney sneak a shock win, um, even if you know, all, all, the, all the form guide uh, points to a Wanderers success. Mm. If, I mean, if the Wanderers do win this, is Steve Corica going to be looking for a new job and is Sydney FC going to be looking for a new coach? It's a good question. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, you know, Steve had some runs on the board because he won back-to-back championships. Uh, and that probably got him through last season when Sydney missed the finals. Uh, they've, they've never missed back-to-back finals. That looked, as I say, an imminent possibility as recently as uh, that last derby meeting when they lost to, to Western Sydney Wanderers. But they have managed to regroup a little bit. Uh, I, I do think they'll need to carry out some surgery on the playing squad. 
Um, I, I think there are you know a few players who are probably coming towards the end of their time. Um, so whether Steve Corica is the man to, to lead that regeneration, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's certainly going to be an interesting off season at Sydney FC. Uh, they're, they're probably on the cusp of you know needing to regenerate the the entire squad, as I say. So. Uh, maybe they decide it's it's time for a new coach as well. Who knows? Mm, yeah, I, uh, to, to be honest, I mean, there's a guy who's been there before, played there before, um, in Ufuk Tele, who's looking for a gig. Uh, everything that we've been told <laughs> yeah. over here is that he's had interest from Asia and Europe. Uh, I, think, I, I don't know if that's a bit of a smoky, given that you blokes are now in Asia, but I mean that would make sense for Sydney, given they've got one of the the biggest budgets in the league as well. And and you see what Ufuk's managed to do on a budget here at Wellington. Absolutely. Look, uh, to be honest, I think any club in the league that doesn't have a manager they're happy with at the moment uh, would be looking at Ufi as as arguably the outstanding up and coming coach of you know the new generation. Uh, he has done a, a magnificent job with Wellington Phoenix to get them into the finals on a regular basis. Uh, not just on the small budget, but of course, you know, with COVID, the Knicks played essentially 18 months out of Wollongong, which is really tough uh, from an organisational perspective, but also mentally for players who are effectively living away from home uh, nine months a year. So he's he's done a brilliant job to manage all of that and keep the club competitive. He's got a, a real eye for a player. Um, you know, who, who knew about Ulysses Davila before he signed him? Uh, who knew about Bozidar Krayev or Oscar Zavada? And I remember Uffi saying about Zavada in particular, well, you know, his goals uh, record might not be too flash, but neither was Bessar Parishas when he came to Australia. And, you know, he was spot on. Look at what Zavada has done this season. It's been uh, tremendous. So uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Sydney or one of the other clubs are looking for a new coach in the off-season. I would be stunned if they weren't trying to get in contact with Uffi. Whether he wants to go there or not, of course, is a different matter. Yeah, well, I mean, he has talked about wanting a different challenge, but then it depends, uh, you know, what the number is on the contract, I guess, mate. And the other guy, uh, before yeah. before I let you go, that's, <laughs> that's had a very, very good season is Nick Montgomery. I mean, probably the smallest budget in the league. They finished second, the Central Coast Mariners. Yeah. Uh, nobody wants to go there and play them. I do wonder, though, maybe slightly differently from Uffi, because of his ties to Central Coast, could Nick Montgomery do that job at another club? Uh, yeah, well, look, look, that's another good question. But I, I know that Monty is very ambitious. Um, you know, that uh, he wants to test himself at the highest level eventually, which for him means, you know, ultimately returning to England and, and trying to have a crack uh, at maybe the Premier League or a championship club. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got Sheffield United in his mind, given that uh, he played there for many, many years. Um, but again, you know, in the A-League, when you're working with salary capped uh, squads, it's it's so imperative that you not only get your foreigners right, which by and large he has done, uh, but that you bring through good young players through your academy system. And of course, that was Monty's first job at the Mariners before he got the senior coaching gig, which is you know why they've they've impressed so much with a lot of their young players. Uh, Garan Qual, of course, got got a lot of the headlines, but. You know, there have been plenty of others. Uh, Josh Nisbet, who's just won the Mariners medal. Max Ballard, who plays alongside him in midfield. Uh, absolutely terrific. And he, he supplemented that with very astute foreign signings. Jason Cummings, who scored a lot of goals. Marco Tullio is in terrific form at the moment. So 
I have no doubt that, you know, Neg Montgomery, if he was to get a bigger job, in inverted commas, in the A-League, uh, would, would view it as a challenge that he could succeed in. And, and why shouldn't he? Mm, yeah, indeed, mate. Well, to be honest, I mean, if Fat Sam could get another gig at Leeds, I mean, he, we're, we're all within a shot, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, yeah. Sam Allardyce. What a strange decision. Four games to go in a regular season, and... You fire your manager for the. I think that's the well, it's the second manager they got rid of this season. It's, that's the crazy world of the Premier League. It is indeed. It is indeed. All right, good stuff. Thanks very much for your time, Simon. Have a great call this weekend, and uh, hopefully, I can talk to you again about semi-final football before the season's over. Uh, from Wellington Phoenix's point of view, I hope so. Yeah, indeed. Good stuff. Simon Hill there with us, uh, the host of the Global Game here on SENZ. It is 18 past three when we come back. Oscar Zavada joins us. This is Phoenix Nation with Ricardo. Thanks to Oppo and joining us uh, from the airport, actually, uh, heading over to Adelaide for the big knockout game this Friday night for the Phoenix against Adelaide United. Uh, it is the Phoenix star striker, Oscar Zavada. G'day, Oscar. How you doing? Hello, everyone. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Mate, congratulations on uh, the clean sweep at the club awards last night. What did that mean to you? Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, of course, it's a nice feeling, uh, you know, to, to be respected through the players, through the staff, through the members, uh, through the sponsors. Uh, when someone, you know, appreciates your work, uh, it's always an amazing feeling, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. Would you say that this, as a professional, has been your best year in terms of goal scoring? Yes. What do you put that down to, do you think? Is it just how you've gelled? Is it the players around you? Is it how comfortable you feel? What do you, what, what do you put it down to? Uh yeah, I think this is not individual sport. And, of course, as a striker, you need uh, good players around you. Uh, so I'm very thankful for my team and, and how the coach put the, the team on the field to help me score the goal. And, uh, you know, I always work hard. I always try to, to get better every day. I always try to stay after training to, to do some extra shots and uh, get a better player. So when I'm in the position in the game to score, I'm... Uh, you know, I'm really calm and I know what I'm capable to do. And, uh, I mean, everything together is uh, uh, is like the, the, the receipt for, for my good performance. And uh, it was just a matter of time where I'm, where I'm going to show my potential. I, I always knew about it. I was always calm with that. And uh, finally, uh, I scored so many goals that helped my team. And, uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it is great, and it's managed to get the team into the playoffs. Of course, you got this game against Adelaide on Friday night. Uh, your two records, the two teams' records, are very similar. You both uh, seem to have hit a bit of a form slump at the end of the season. Uh, both teams only winning one of their last five games. How do you think that impacts at all going into this uh, one-off game, if, if it does at all? Uh this is just one game, you know. It's like a, it's like a tournament. It's why, it's why it's very important to uh, to just have a good day uh, on exactly this game day, and uh, and that's important because you're not gonna get revenge. You have just one game. It's why you have to, as a, uh, you know, we as a team, we have to be focused from the first minute, and uh, we have to think like 
it's gonna be our last game. We cannot think what's gonna happen after because it's just all about this one step, this one game, and it's very important to uh, to be focused on our task and uh, what you want to achieve in this game. And uh, it's it's all about one game. It's why uh, we have to be we have to be very clinical in front, good defense, and and be patient with ball. And, and then I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a good result. Well, I mean, it's fair to say you've played Adelaide three times this season. Uh, you drew the first game to all, which is the game when Jan Sass got sent off and you were up in that game. Uh, then you beat them again uh, before losing 5-1 um, about five games ago. That was a game that you couldn't make because of the birth of your son, Leo. Uh, so what have you made of Adelaide's defence when you've come up against it, given you've got 15 goals for the season? Uh, Adelaide is a, is a good team. Adelaide is a good team. It's why they deserve uh, being third in the in the table in the league table, uh, but we have also some quality as a team, and uh, and it's it's never easy to play in Adelaide because they have a great stadium, good crowd, and uh, and when you have fans behind you, you, you have like uh, you have more energy. But uh, but I think uh, you know it's all about the team, and I think. Uh, we have to perform all together very good to, to win this game. And it's not, it's not about individual. It's all about the team. And uh, one player cannot win the game. And, uh, you know, in playoffs, we, we need all players on the bench, on the pitch, uh, just ready to, to perform. And, and that's the receipt. Yeah, I mean, you've got this game. Of course, you if you win this game, uh, then you get to play at home again because the semi-finals are home and away, and it'll be against Melbourne City. How much of an incentive is it for the team uh, to win so you get to play at home again this season? Uh, you know, you work so many months to to achieve the playoffs that uh, right now is like. Uh, it's something special playing in playoffs. It's why uh, it's why the all effort what we put uh, during the preseason, during this season, uh, now it's possible to to pay off, and we know how 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 hard we work to to achieve this, this point uh, where we are right now. And for us, uh, this this game against Adelaide is gonna be like final, and uh, and then when we win this game, we're gonna focus on the next game. But uh, uh, you know, you can't think too much what's going to happen in future because our future is just the next game on Friday and uh, we only should focus on, on this game on Friday and what happened after, uh, we will focus on, on that after our win on, on Friday. Yeah, all right. Uh, speaking of the future, what about your future, Oscar? I'd imagine uh, scoring 15 goals in a season might alert some other clubs um, uh, to your form. Uh, are you happy at the Phoenix? Do you expect to be in Wellington next season? You know, for me, it's important to focus on Friday's game. Uh, I don't care uh, about my future right now because my, my future is on on Friday. And uh, so long, so long I can perform on the pitch, I try to focus on that. And uh, everything what is, uh, what is off the pitch, uh, I don't try to think about it. And, uh, and I will just try to do my best on, on Friday and... Uh, and so long uh, I play, I play games in this season. I just try to focus on football, not the other thing. 
Last time I spoke to you, Oscar, we talked about your hair and how you were like the Polish Zlatan, and I asked if you had lion's blood, and you said Polish lion's blood, but your son is now named Leo, obviously after the lion, so is is, is he going to be another Zlatan, a Polish Zlatan? No, no Polish Zlatan, no Zlatan. He is a Leo. Uh, you know, he is his own character. He's, uh, you know, he's his own person, and uh, you never can, rep- uh, you know, replace someone. I'm also not Zlatan. I'm also I'm Oscar Zawada, and uh, everyone is just uh, themselves. You know, that, that's the most important thing in life. Uh, of course, it's always good to have some heroes or uh, or people where you can look up to to get a better version of, of yourself. It's always good, but in the end of the day, uh, you live your own life, and uh, Leo is going to be Leo. Fantastic, man. I, I hope he and your wife are well, and uh, I wish you all the best of luck with the Phoenix this weekend in Adelaide. Hopefully, you can bring Melbourne City here for a playoff game. Thank you very much. Yeah, I will do my I will do my best. I will do my best for the fans, and uh, because I know how much they they suffer that, and it would be great to to have a semi final at home because they deserve it. We deserve it, and uh, yeah, it would be uh, a great a great feeling. So uh, I really believe we can do we can do a good game on Friday and be successful. Excellent, Oscar. Well, I wish you all the best to you and to the team, and hopefully we can have uh, another conversation before the season's out about the games against Melbourne. Eh? Thank you. Yes, I also hope so. Thank you very much. This is SENZ. It is Phoenix Nation with Oppo Ricardo Ball with you through till four o'clock after four. Uh, it is Kirsten Beeve with the run home. Of course, Phoenix Nation, we have talked to Oscar Zavada. We have talked to Simon Hill, the commentator, about uh, the upcoming final series. Uh, the men away tomorrow night in Adelaide uh, to take on Adelaide United, but also. The uh, Wellington Phoenix Liberty A-League season wrapped up a few weeks back and uh, the player of that season is Michaela Foster who joins us now. G'day Michaela, how are you doing? Hi Ricardo, yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, no problem man, no problem. I mean, uh, a fantastic season for you personally, if not for the club. Uh, how do you? How did you find that your development went this season? Because I mean, I, you know, it feels like you went from a player who was a part of the squad to, you know, being a key part of the defence and certainly in the mix for, for a World Cup spot now. Yeah, it was a bit of a crazy, I think, season for me personally, kind of being able to reflect on it um, now that it's finished, but yeah, I guess obviously as a team it wasn't exactly what we wanted, but yeah, you talk about my development and it's been huge really and it was a great opportunity for, for me to step up into that, that next level into that league and um, obviously playing on a, on a scholarship contract it wasn't thing, so I knew I just had to come into the environment and, and prove myself like everyone else and um, coaches obviously liked what they saw and um, Hit me on the field, which, which was huge. And like you said, it's a great development for for me to now be able to be in this environment. Have you had contract uh, contract negotiations with the club? I mean, you said you're on a scholarship deal. Are you going to get a full deal for next season? Have you had those talks yet? Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the full contract, the next thing. So um, I haven't yet. I can say that, but that's definitely kind of the next process um, in the next couple of weeks to to get those chats started again. And, um, yeah, and I'm excited to see what happens. 
Yeah, I, I mean, as a player, you you know, you, you offer quite, uh, you know so much, and I think that's the thing that uh, you know has really got you this uh, this award as player of the year at the end of the year. Is I mean, you, sure you're a defender, but you offered so much going forward, so much from uh, set piece as well. I mean, you got a bit of a wand of a left foot. How did you develop that? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty fortunate to grow up kind of just using both feet, and it was probably slightly more dominant with my left foot but yeah just worked on both feet kind of growing up and like you said being able to use set pieces especially left and right foot definitely helps and um at the team season which was my main goal with the set pieces being my role but um yeah it's obviously a bit of work to get both feet going but um yeah it was pretty cool to obviously be to win that award and um to get players play was probably the biggest thing for me and um to have your peers kind of vote for that was huge and Especially, like you said, as a defender, it was that's not always recognised all the time. So it was quite cool to to have that and to kind of represent the defensive unit and the the hard work we did this season. Are there any players that growing up that you sort of looked at and maybe modelled yourself on, whether it be the defensive side or the set piece side? Um, oh, to be honest, funny enough, I kind of, as you can probably guess, but I grew up around rugby and kind of was kicking and drop kicking a rugby ball mostly and. Um, Obviously, grew up watching the All Blacks, so seeing even Dan Carter kind of kicking off his left foot, I always kind of wanted to be that. But um, so that probably helped a little bit with set pieces, a bit of crossover. But um, no, definitely kind of just grew up watching, obviously, Messi and um, his free kicks and that sort of thing, and kind of learning from from big footballers like that, I think. But yeah, for me, it was probably more from a rugby background. But yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I watched a doco a few years ago uh, on on David Beckham, um, but it wasn't about you know the the Spice Girls and the Razzmatazz. It was literally just <laughs> about his his dead ball striking, and uh, it was done with yeah. a, with a physiologist who said you know he's basically a physiological genius because he does everything. Right so correctly he couldn't get any more out of his body uh to do what he does than 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 what he does i guess that's just practice makes perfect is that something that you guys do within the phoenix have you got somebody like you know from a physiological point of view that tapes you taking free kicks or corners or whatever and and then talks about the action and everything that you do yeah yeah definitely and um definitely no david beckham but he is someone who if you're a set piece taker you should definitely look at but um yeah like i had a lot of help um from Cullum, our assistant, who would kind of work with me, um, especially after training, just if I'm striking it right or different ways to kind of strike the ball off a free kick, um, which which is crucial because it's, it's good to be multi-dimensional. But, um, yeah, so that's, that help is, is helping hugely, and especially corners would probably are the asset, and free yeah. kicks also help. So I'd obviously love to keep working on it and maybe get some more goals off direct free kicks, but... Um, for the time being, I've had a lot of help surrounding that. I guess the focus for you now is uh, is the World Cup. Uh, are you uh, when are you going into camp, and and what have your conversations with Yitka been like? Yes, uh, we're currently the start of a two month camp up here in Auckland. As a at the moment, some of us kind of young and all that is coming back. So um, it's been a small group this first week, but it's been really exciting to kind of be back in the environment and to have this opportunity getting up to a um, like our biggest to do it at home too has been it's pretty special to start this process um so yeah that's that's really exciting and yeah chats with 
been quite positive and um, because the last two tours I've been on with and his group. Um, yeah, I think excited to see my progress and yeah, lots to work on and that's what the two months will be. Cool. Awesome. All right, Michaela. Well, listen, thanks very much for your time, mate. Uh, we're starting to lose you a bit there, but we'll, we'll let you go. Good luck with the camps. Fingers crossed we see you in that Fern squad for the World Cup and uh, look forward to seeing you back uh, in that Phoenix squad again awesome. next season, eh? Cool. Thank you, Ricardo. Cheers. Michaela Foster there with us. 19 away from four here on SENZ. This is SENZ. It is Phoenix Nation with Ricardo Ball. Thanks to Oppo. And joining us now is the Academy Player of the Year. Won this at the latest club awards. Noah Karuna Rathne, hello. Welcome to the show. And man, uh, what an award. What, is, what does that mean to you? I'm just truly honoured to have this award given to me. And I'm, I feel truly privileged to have won this award with all the other people in the past 20 years like me being up there with them it's a great honor and i feel really privileged to have won this award how's the how's how's the season been for you uh i i know it's kind of a a bit of a weird time right now because you know you finished your last season that you probably won this award for a while ago and you've just started the new season in the central league and shortly you're about to shoot off to argentina so a bit of an unusual time for you but what does that award mean um in terms of like the season and everything, I thought like I thought I had a pretty good season. I think this was almost like my breakthrough season. And I thought what I was my main goal was to do is get prepared for and show myself to be ready for this World Cup that's coming up. And that was my main focus and main goal at the time so I thought throughout the season that um, I just have to work towards towards that and I think this me getting this award is um, like a good I guess almost as like it shows that I have worked hard and I have tried my best this season and I've given it my all and this is like a reward for that throughout the season yeah, I mean, you've worked with Paul Temple a lot. You've worked with Greeny a lot, Chris Greenacre. Um, I don't know yeah. how much you've had to do with uh, the new, the incoming boss, Chiefy, but I look towards next season. You know, if I'm in your shoes and I think, right, I've got to replace Stephen Ugarkovic and Clayton Lewis in the middle of midfield, uh, and there's only one import slot left, right, because um, Jan Sass may or may not be back. Uh, so for me, uh, given that you play wider either side, you know, that, Looks like there's an opportunity for maybe you to make that spot yours if they if they go the import route in the middle of midfield. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think I'll be really privileged and really honoured to be able to sign with sign with the first team and get a contract. Hope hopefully with them next season. Um, so, um yeah, it'll be good to. It'll be good to, because I know a couple of spots have been opened up and stuff now, and I think it will just be a good way for me because I have been, I have been in and amongst um, the first team trainings, uh, training with them, and sometimes going over with them to Aussie and every now and then, um, and it's a good environment. I really enjoy it. It's, it really pushes me to my limits, and I feel like. Um, um, it'll be a good step up for me like to go and I guess 
uh, playing games with them and I guess being even more involved with them than I already am. I think what it would a, be a good um, here you go. Yeah, no, I was going to say, what about um, uh, the the type of game you play? I mean, you know, the, who knows what Chief is going to set up next year? Is he going to set up the same as Ufi? We don't know, but <laughs> I know in the New Zealand setup, you know, there's been uh, under Danny particularly, they tended to use wing back. So at the World Cup, that might be a case. I mean, is that, I know you tend to play wide more as an attacking player, but in the modern game, you know, those wing backs are very much attacking players. Is that something you've got in your locker as well? Um, to be honest, uh, in my opinion, I don't really like the defensive side of the game. I don't enjoy it really that much, but it is my job at the end of the day to have that defensive role too. But I prefer more to be just more attacking because I feel like wingbacks have to do a lot of work up and down, up and down, whereas I guess me being a attacking midfielder and like, that inside forward type of role for the New Zealand system, I get a bit more freedom to push up and attack more than, I guess, to also rely on defending too. I can I have more freedom, more I can take more risks, um, going forward and attacking. Whereas as a fullback, I might need to be a bit more cautious, um, doing that stuff. Yeah, I mean, so you prefer to be one of a like a front three, a wide player in a front three, or I mean, that's I guess the other option as a guy with your skill set. Can you play centrally? Can you play that ten role? Yeah, I feel like the ten role is probably the perfect role for me because I, I feel like I enjoy, I I enjoy that role the most because I feel like I, it gives me a chance to run at plays, um, create opportunities for the team. And I feel like I just, I find that position the most fun because it allows me to just express myself and showcase what, what I love to do, which is running with the ball and dribbling with the ball. So I rec- I feel 10 is the perfect position for me. Yeah, awesome, man. I, uh, hopefully hopefully Chiefy's listening, listening and we can get that across to him. Um, yeah. <laughs> you were named in that New Zealand under-20 team, uh, goes to the World Cup in Argentina uh, later that uh, this month. Um, how do you see your role in that team? What your conversations have been like with Darren Baisley? Um, me and Bays have a good relationship and we do talk um, quite a bit. He checks up on me, how I'm doing, and I can just, like, whenever, whenever I can, I'll... Um, just have a chat with Baze and see what things up and stuff. Um, yeah, he want um. He just wants me to just be as fit as possible. Just coming up for this, uh, coming up for this these World Cup games and just be as ready and mentally focused as possible to go out there and just perform and perform for the team, perform for my country, and um, just do well at this World Cup because. He has real high expectations and high hopes for the team that we could go on and win this. Um, we could go on and win this whole thing, which is which is also my belief too. I feel like with our group of players that we have and with our whole coaching staff and everything, I feel like we do have a chance to win this whole thing. You just got to keep Dan McKay on the field, right? Yeah, <laughs> Dan McKay. I talked to him yeah. last week, and I I saw that he got a red ticket on the weekend, mate. What happened? Uh, Danny Mac just um just the last man, last man thing. Dan Dan grabbed him, and 
that's just the end of the story, isn't it? He just got yeah. sent off and nothing much he could do about it. No, not much you can do about it. I mean, when do you guys uh, get together? When are you guys in camp uh, before you leave for Argentina? And uh, how many sort of pre-tournament games you got lined up? Um, so we are leaving on the 11th of May and we'll be uh, we'll be there for, I guess, I guess a week of camp. Um, just a week of camp. We'll be playing one friendly game against Ecuador and the rest of it will just be training, getting used to just the lifestyle over there, weather, everything like that, just in preparation for this World Cup. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it yeah. for about camp and stuff like that. Yeah, sweet. No, oh, good, man. Oh, mate, it's going to be a fantastic experience. What a place to go for a World Cup too. South America, Argentina. It's oh, going 100%. to be absolute magic. 100%. Atmosphere, yeah. everything, crowd, everything will be unbelievable there. Tell me when you were growing up, mate. I mean, who was? Uh, do you have a team that you follow, or a player particularly that you you know you wanted his shirt at Christmas and you had his picture on the wall, that type uh, of thing? Um, I am a big Ronaldo fan. I am a big Ronaldo fan, but people uh, people often come up to me and be like, "How's Ronaldo your favorite player? You, you're so much more like like Messi and like you like you just we would think you're a player like um." That would like Messi because of your dribbling and everything like that. We think that you were why you're a Ronaldo fan and stuff like that. And I just, I just love Ronaldo because I guess the way he, um, the way he goes about himself and the way he, like his hard work and his dedication towards the game and stuff like that, and all the sacrifices he's taken, um for the game and so I feel like that's really inspiring to me and I feel like I strive to be like him just work as hard as him and things like that so I that's why I feel that like Ronaldo is my favorite player and a player that I look up to the most yeah well I mean you, you're closer in height to him than, than you are to Messi let's be honest <laughs> I hope so <laughs> <laughs> hey Noah listen mate I really appreciate your time best of luck at the World Cup congratulations again on the award and uh, hopefully uh, we see you back a winner uh, from that World Cup and you can carry that form into the Phoenix first team next season thank you very much happy uh, happy to be here too just a minute out from four o'clock here on SENZ, Phoenix Nation, thanks to Oppo with Ricardo Ball. Here's a look at the weekend in the A-League tomorrow night, quarter to ten, Adelaide United host the Wellington Phoenix in an elimination, well, basically a quarterfinal really, isn't it? Adelaide United are $1.72 favourites, the Phoenix paying three seventy five to get the win away, the draw is $4, and uh, that one, you know, this could go to extra time. It could go to penalties as well, and there are some of those markets available as well. Either team in extra time is $6. Either team on pens is paying $7.50. The other game, Saturday night, 9.45, Western Sydney Wanderers take on Sydney FC. Wanderers, the home team, are the favourites at 2.10. Sydney FC, 2.88, the draw, 3.40 in that one. A big weekend of football in the A-League. Up next, it is the run home with Kirsten Beef.